Hello, secret movie clubbers. Welcome to another side podcast. I don't know the intelligence with everything we have going of just exploding with podcasts and side podcasts, but that's what we do. We're like a beautiful weed that cross pollinates with other things. And soon the garden is overgrown with life. Good and bad, I guess. Uh, So today we are doing Defend This Movie Episode 2. If you heard our first Defend This Movie, and we'd love for you to, it's not too far back in the podcast library. Our friend Steve Grest had this idea of he just never got the James Bond movie Honor Majesty's Secret Service. People are starting to kind of coalesce around the fact that it's a masterpiece, I would say. Steve wanted to uh, have me defend that movie, so we did Defend This Movie Episode 1. I was defending Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Steve was not attacking, but basically explaining why he doesn't think it works. Today, we are doing the recent feel-good musical movie, Mamma Mia, starring Meryl Streep and Amanda Seyfried, Pierce Brosnan, who got like four musical numbers in that thing, Stellan Skarsgård, Colin Firth, Julie Harris, Christine Baranski, just a murderer's row of fun actors, and they're having fun. Daniel will be defending the movie. Edwin will be on the attack. Just to let you know, this week, which is the second week of August, this Friday when you hear this podcast, actually, it is a day off. I'll tell you what we're doing, though. We'd love for for you to uh, join us at the Fine Arts Theater. One of our secret movie clubbers, Ed Herrera, shot was the director of photography on a movie called Whelm, W-H-E-L-M. And we're actually going to be over there. I'm going to be doing the Q&A for it. I'm so proud of Ed and the writer director of the film and everybody in this day and age with everything that's going on. They made a 35 millimeter feature. You can get the tickets on Fandango. And if you want to come over, we're going to be talking about how the movie got made. Hopefully some inside tips for filmmakers. That is Friday night, the 13th. That's the Fine Arts Theater. But just go to Fandango and get tickets for Whelm, W-H-E-L-M. On Saturday, our movie at the Million Dollar Theater at 11 a.m. is going to be Bernardo Bertolucci's The Conformist, shot by Storaro. There's a, a theme going this week about amazingly shot pictures. If you've never seen The Conformist, it is an amazing movie, period, full stop. It deals with a man in fascist Italy during World War II and the lead up to World War II who is so in conflict with who he is that he basically joins the secret police and tries to fit in with fascist Italian society. And he's engaged. And it's just this rich, gorgeous film. It was one of the cornerstone movies, key movies of the 1970s. So many films. Filmmakers from Scorsese to De Palma to Coppola, after they saw The Conformist, you can see The Conformist and Godfather, actually. So join us. That movie, we got a Paramount Archive print. We're doing it at the million dollars. So we hope you'll join us. It's just a gorgeous, amazing film. And then Saturday night, we are doing continue our Three Colors trilogy. We're doing Kieslowski's Three Colors White, which is actually my personal favorite of the three. It has a Polish main character. Kieslowski was Polish. So there's a bit of a very personal autobiographical vibe to it. Also, the state of the Polish country. You feel it's it's metaphorical. Julie Delpy is in it, an extremely young Julie Delpy. And it's also the comedy of the three. And I found it hilarious and heartwarming. And I always love the last shot, too. So join us. That'll be at the club. We've announced our entire August. Actually, by the time you hear this podcast, God willing, we'll have started to announce our September 2. The goal is to basically get September announced in the next week or so. So you're just going to see everything we're doing over the next two months at secretmovieclub.com and you can write us at community at secretmovieclub.com. All right, here we go. 
Hello everyone and welcome to Defend This Movie 2, a subsection of the Secret Movie Club podcast. I am Connor Lloyd Cruz, the People's Champion, here to introduce our two titans of talking, here to mop the floor with each other about Mamma Mia. Coming onto the stage now in one corner is the challenger, the tallest Oki in LA, Big Daddy Daniel Ott. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, guys. And in the other corner, the reigning champion, the gentleman from California, Edwin the Kid Gomez. Hello, America. It's uh, it's good to be here. You know, talk about this abomination of a film. Today, they are talking about Mamma Mia. Daniel will take pro, and Edwin will take the anti Mamma Mia side. And like last episode, we will start with opening statements from the two. Thank you for that kind introduction, Connor. Edwin, good to see you. I hope your time at the New Bev this week was good. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I had a good time. That's about all the pleasantry you're going to get. Mamma Mia is a 2008 jukebox musical romantic comedy. And really, it's it stars, I mean, look at this cast. Let's go through it real fast. An ensemble, I would say. Meryl Streep. I don't know how to say her name. Christine Baranski. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. Oh. Dominic Cooper. Oh. Colin Firth. Eh. Amanda Seyfried. Wow. Stellan Skarsgård, Julie Walters. Yeah, it's a great cast, but... My opening statement. Yeah, why don't we, uh, let's take a Well, the gentleman from California, please. Essentially, I have never, uh, as a prerequisite, I should be honest, I have never seen Mamma Mia! The Musical on Broadway. I've only seen the film to production. I can only imagine what that experience would be like. That being said, I think Mamma Mia! is a beautiful, loving tribute to family and being in love and music and just being horny. It's so horny. I think it's lovely, and I don't think it tries to be anything but be lovely. Wow, Daniel, um, your passion for this motion picture is it's quite fascinating, but waste of talent is in that picture, and uh, waste of uh, good musical talents as well, and terrible singing. None of those people can sing. And ruined ABBA for me, especially a few songs. Disrupted Family, uh, Meryl Streep's character cannot afford to pay her workers, which is quite sad, and uh, that chick, the daughter... No talent at all. I'm sorry. The three persons, uh, Brosman, uh, Stalingrad, and uh, Farrell, terrible. Just terrible. Well, I did like Stalingrad, though, because I felt like he knew what he was doing. And kind of Brosman, but Brosman could not sing. The whole movie premise is really bad. It's probably one of those movies you take your aunt to go see because it's very white. When it started, it felt very white. Like, why am I doing this? I had to stop halfway through the movie to clear my head because I hated everything about it. I wanted to throw the DVD outside. And I don't think this movie works. I think this movie's awful. And it should never have been made. And I blame ABBA for letting them use their music because just awful singing. Well, now that we've got those out of the way, time for you guys to just talk for <laughs> 45 to 50 minutes about ABBA and Mamma Mia. I guess Mamma Mia specifically, the movie. Edwin, the negative Nancy Gomez. Uh, you do have me at a, a I, I agree with you. Let me start with an agreement. I think we'll get to that. Mamma That's Mia very white. is very white. Yes, yeah. exactly. Especially when Meryl Streep reads those two checks. Like, damn, that's the whitest thing I ever saw in my life. Uh, you're talking about her best friends that come to visit her island for her daughter's wedding? Julie Walters? Yes, she was quite hilarious. She like is Mrs. Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. Wow, that's good talent right there, but not in this movie. A legend of 
British cinema, I would say. For good British cinema, not for this. Tell me something you hate about Mamma Mia, one thing at a time, and we'll walk through it. A bad mother hiding three random dudes from her and not knowing who the frick the father is. It's called DNA testing, and it's also called the Maury Porridge Show, which uh, that should have happened. No, you are not the father, or you are the father. I was just annoyed at the fact that she did that and just sleep with three random guys. So we're going to start off with a little shaming, I guess. Now, if you watch the sequel, you actually get a little bit of insight into her yeah, decision making yeah, there. Like, Living it up, exploring everything the world has to offer. I think. Why do we need decision. a sequel? Why? You, know, you wouldn't think so, but then you watch the sequel and you're like, now I get it. So it's, just, it's just as beautiful as the first. There is no need because they use all the ABBA songs. True, but they come back and it's great. You're like, oh my gosh, Lily James is now singing it? That's a whole different conversation though. A mother perspective to try and determine why you had an unexpected pregnancy. You're not sure who the father is. She made a decision that she wanted to live a life, her life with her daughter and not hunt down the, she didn't want to, you know, it was her own decision. She got to make that decision for herself. She, well, the daughter surely does. And she kind of screwed herself over because she didn't know which one of those dudes was the father. I, I, I had a theory. I think Stalin's guard is the father. Look at his hair. Look at his face. Look at her. I mean, I know the actors and all, but I mean, it can kind of look alike, you know, if, if you think about it. And he's adventurous. So in my theory, I think Stalingrad is the father, not Brosnan and Farrow, because Farrow's character is gay in that movie, which is pretty cool. I think it's Farrow. Don't correct me, Daniel. That's a fair statement that he could be the father. I think the crux of it, though, and to spoil, I don't know who's listening to this that hasn't seen Mamma Mia. Maybe this is the thing that will get to spoil him. it. Spoiler alert is she doesn't care. And you don't find out. Why? Because in the end, she craves family and acceptance more. Yeah. It's basically like, it's like a Fast and Furious moment. She. Why, why would you bring Fast and Furious in this? There's three people that have realized that no matter what the circumstance, they unconditionally love her. And she would rather have that than have a definitive answer. Mamma Mia is about family. Mamma Mia is about disrupt the family. It disrupts to bring together because everyone's lost and they're looking for purpose on this tiny little island in Greece. I know. I have another theory. I think they decided to make that movie just to spend like a whole month or so on that Greece island because look at those locations. I think that's fair. They just did it like to do that. Hey, hey, let's make a movie while we're here, you know, just because we have this money. That brings up a great point. My favorite thing about Mamma Mia is that there's zero pretense. It is so clearly just a labor of love. Everyone wants to be there. But what about the workers though? They haven't been paid. That's probably a fair conversation she's struggling to pay them but she's working on paying them but she's singing while they're not being paid the daughter's husband-to-be is working on a plan to bring in income why do you have it done up from the start i mean we talk craig doesn't know how to use half the tech <laughs> because we got, you got to learn, you got to adapt. But you're going to sit there and tell me when Dancing Queen comes on, that's not the purest moment in cinema that you've ever seen, in the words of Evan Gomez, that I've ever seen, the best thing I've ever seen in cinema. No, it just ruined the whole song for me. It's just people having the best time. No, 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 they're not. They're jumping on the bed, so pretending to smoke doobies. Let me explain something here. So at one point, they're having a whole fancy dance party where I felt like at one point, I felt like an orgy was going to start for some reason. That would be fantastic. You tell me you don't want to be at that dance party? No, because I don't know what the f*** is happening. And they, and they ruin a good song. They're doing great. They dance really well. Uh, except for Pierce Brosnan, who can't sing for nothing. In my opinion, they should have got Russell Crowe or Hugh Jackman. Russell Crowe? Have you seen Les Mis? I will not argue that Pierce Brosnan does not have the same in the same league of singers as some musicals. But the man gives it his all. And he's having a great time. Why else would you accept that role except to have the best time? Because they offered him a ton of money. Absolutely. And a chance to stay on like a Greek island and live it up and smooch with Meryl Streep. And I, I don't like Meryl Streep in this movie. 
I just don't like her at all. She's not likable well, at all. Let's get into that. You don't like, you don't like about her? Well, one thing, she doesn't know what the hell she's doing. Her island's falling apart. She's, she's figuring like, it out. Yeah, well, it's, t- it's, t- it's took her this long to figure it out. She, to me, she, she also can't sing worth the damn. Have you figured yourself out? Have I figured myself out? I don't know. You tell me, Daniel. Imagine if you had a kid on top of it. That's It's loaded. There's so much going on behind yeah, the scenes. The subtext of Mamma Mia is dense on parenting, on, oh, yeah, on parenting. Family, all these aspects. Of, oh, that's does, great. Does Amanda Seyfried want to get married? Is that is that the world? That oh she yeah, wants? that scene was dumb as hell. Like she, you could have just figured that out before instead of just like stopping a wedding halfway through. No, they did the right thing. They didn't. I mean, fall look, look at that pressures. dude though. Don't you want to be married to a hot guy like that? No. Instead, Pierce Brosnan decided to freaking marry Meryl Streep instead. That for his character, that's what they wanted. That was the connection they wanted. But the other two, the daughter and her husband to be, that's not what they wanted. They wanted to explore the world together. They didn't need a wedding, a piece of paper to. I know. I mentioned this before. This could have been a Laws Rancher movie. You talked about that. I actually would love for the people to hear that. It would have been dark. It would have been brutal. It would have been harsh. It would have not take place in Greece. It would have took place somewhere else, probably California or where Laws Rancher lives. And it would have been gray, foggy. You could have brutal with a beautiful Greece island, though. For this case, no, because they'll be violent as hell. It'll be very dark. There'll be, like, dead bodies over the floor while they're, like, singing on top of them. That's a large line chair movie. One, Stalingrad is in there, so you can count them in there. And it could have been, like, could have contributed to a weird orgy because look at an infomaniac. Would you keep the same cast? I think we should, like, bring his regular cast members from his previous films, mainly Uma Thurman, Matt Dillon. Let's go back to the beginning of the movie. We open with a day for night scene. Yeah, it looks awful. A technique that George Miller would later use on Mad Max Fury Road. I think inspired by Mamma Mia. I can't prove it, but they've no been one's doing that it. day for night shot for years, but they decided to like make him worse. The magical, the reflection of the water. Yeah, it's called editing. It's called federal effects. Incredible, though. You know, you're, I know you're a film guy. The 35 millimeter, just the beauty of the of the capture. I mean, it's cheating. You have this location that's just stunning. Because they want to spend a freaking vacation there while they're making a movie. And it shows. The energy that that radiates, I think, helps the movie positively. I don't think so. I think you're wrong. It is cheating. There's Every location is lovely because it doesn't have to try. It's not a lovely location. Yeah, blow it up, place up the kingdom come. Was there anything that stood out um, from a technical level that you, you liked besides no. Day for Night, which I know no, you loved? Not, nothing. Nothing got to me. You didn't think any of it was like nicely shot or no. any of the choreography was well no, done? None of it. It was just awful because I didn't like how they were butchering ABBA songs. I didn't like any of the covers of the ABBA songs. You know, I had to stop the movie halfway through and listen to a real ABBA song and watch the real people singing. And that's quite fair. The people of ABBA are quite beautiful. <laughs> Their voices are amazing. And the two uh, female band uh, leaders are beautiful. And the two males as well. Their hairs are amazing. They should have cast them in the movie. This should have been made in the 70s at the height of their game and instead made Maumia for them instead and made it more awesome. Are you a karaoke fan? I partake in that karaoke at some point in my life, but yes, yes I do. So you're a member of the karaoke lifestyle? Uh, not particularly. Like Mamma Mia feels like a night out with your best buds in K-Town at the greatest karaoke room and you're freaking throwing back all sorts of drinks and living it up. That's the fantasy world, you know? Would you deny me that? Pierce Brosnan singing may not be your cup of tea, but it's also, if you take it to a personal level, you know, that's one of your best friends. And they can't sing very well, but they're trying. Because they're getting paid. Oh, if they're getting paid on top of it, it'd be unbelievable. Can you imagine getting paid for karaoke? Incredible. Let's talk character intros. We learn a lot about the characters in the opening, mostly in that life's not 
great. You know, there's a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, we should kind of set up the story. We we really skipped over that in our no, time period. Did. You, you explain because I, I I don't want to. Yeah, I wanted to just butt in here for a second. I didn't want to say too much in this because this is y'all's episode. But I've always been confused that Mamma Mia is a jukebox musical based on a Swedish band about characters in Greece who are British and American. And where did the plot for Mamma Mia come from out of their songs? I did no research on how this came to be. I, it has to be a fascinating story because it makes no sense. It does not. Like it is kind of a fever dream. But essentially, I mean, you strip away just the ABBA music, which my assumption is you listen to it and you find any semblance of like, okay, that sort of makes a plot point. Because stuff like Dance the Queen has a lot, the line about getting high, which is not about getting high. It's about the volume of the music. Also, the word Maumia is Italian. So in, yeah. s- in some weird way, why would it take place in Greek? Why would it not take place in Italy? Is Italy not beautiful as Greek? I, I think yeah, Italy is much beautiful in any other country. I mean, come on. Abba doesn't see culture. Well, well, they well they should have. They wrote that song. They exist on a plane above. They are universal. They are this equalizer, if you will. You know what was the best use of the song of Mamma Mia? The Adventures Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. That was the best use of that song. I'm a super, super trooper fan, personally, in, in the context of the film. I like the, I forgot the name of the song, but it was in Johnny English. Uh, Johnny English really nailed the ABBA aesthetic. It did, especially where they show the clip of him dancing in his bathroom. Mm-hmm. That particular song, that's my favorite song. Rowan Atkinson would yeah. be a great addition to Mamma Mia 3. If that gets, it will get made. To go back, Mamma Mia storyline. We're on an island. Yes. Meryl Streep. I should really just look at these characters' names. Man, Meryl Streep is not a great character. I, I did not like, this like may be like the only few movies that I did not like of her. Donna, Sheridan, Carmichael. Who's that again? She is Meryl Streep. She owns the hotel, the Villa Donna. Great name. Okay, very white. A little bit egotistical, what a great name. Her daughter, Sophie Sheridan, is 20, and she's engaged to someone named Skye. Should it really focus on college? Did they never focus? They never talk about You don't have to have college. Sometimes you're going to follow your dreams. Here's Rosman mentioned that, too. He should, like, do something with your life, you know, and not stay in an island. But that's all he's done. He's only lived this business life, and he's miserable because of it. I like how leftist some of Edwin's critiques of Mamma Mia have been. <laughs> so they're having a wedding. Skye and Sophie are having a wedding on this island. Skye is the fiancé, Dominic Cooper. Then you've got Tanya and Rosie, who are Donna's best friends. They're like they're great. only in there for a couple minutes, and they're gone. They have an incredible number. Of, we'll get back to them on the horny factor of the movie, which I think is very important. Then you have the three potential fathers, Sam, Harry, and Bill. And then the other people are just people on the island. Who are not getting paid. But the core of this is there's a wedding happening. Sophie's always wanted to find her father, but she's not sure who it is. So she finds her mother's journal, reads it, which is kind of weird. I would not read my parents' journal, but to each their own. Yeah, because there might be some very inappropriate, weird stuff that's been going on there. It was. I mean, they talk about the dot, dot, dots, the nights, the enjoyment. Oh, that yeah. That was private. That. that was not consensually shared. Regardless, she sends letters, invites to Sam, Harry, and Bill. And they all come, which is, again, a fascinating detail. Weddings are expensive to get to. Well, they look like they got money, so they got there with no problem. But, like, they have a businesses and stuff. What do they got to go to Greece for potential daughter's wedding? But they don't know that at the time. And essentially, Sophie wants to hide them and make it a surprise to the mother. The mother finds out. She's not happy that they're there because she's still conflicted about her past with them. That's when they sing the Mamma Mia bit, right? Yeah, I hated that moment. Yeah, here we go again. Mamma Mia. That's kind of the crux of the movie, all leading to this wedding. And it causes fights and there's, you know, there's all this stuff, but there's no villain. Mamma Mia has no villain. It doesn't need a villain. All of them are the villains. Everyone's No, actually, no, the daughter is the villain. I think she's the villain. I think she is the villain because think about it. She hides these three guys. She doesn't want to tell anything about it. She's like trying to figure out who is who, you know, and yeah. uh, basically some some Star Wars kind of stuff. Like, who is the father? Like, Luke, I am your father. Yeah, Mamma Mia is sort of an Empire Strikes Back type of epic. 
yeah, when you put it in that type of context. I, Thank you, Evan. But Empire Strikes Back was a way better film. That's not a fair comparison. They're doing two different things and succeeded in wildly different ways. I disagree. Both kind of horny, again, yeah, which we'll get back to. I, I'm excited for that plot point. The key component that makes Mamma Mia work, besides the fact that it's great, is there's no pretense. At no point, this movie never tries to pretend that it is anything more than what it is. It's not trying to make you be like, is this an art? Is this blockbuster? It is just this little musical slice of life that just makes you, you sit back and you think, when you, when you finish the movie, what did you think about? Because I thought about the people that I love and the adventures I've had with them, how ABBA was going to dominate my year in review on Spotify. What about you? When you finished Mamma Mia, when it ended, when those credits rolled. Oh, I immediately turned it off and I, okay. and I switched to Good Morning Vietnam. Was that just the next movie on the docket or did Mamma Mia make you want to watch Good Morning Vietnam? No, I just wanted to watch a better movie. It's another movie in a foreign country about someone trying to make things better. Yeah, I get it. I see exactly. the connection between them. I didn't want to watch the end credits because the end credits disgust me. It's great. There's actually more. You get um, extra songs. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to see that. None of it works. All right. All the characters are awful and they're not interesting at all. But they all have arcs. They all have little, little arcs. Yeah, yeah, but I specifically don't like the two friends of uh, Meryl Streep. They're my favorite, genuinely my favorite characters. I do not like them at all. They ruined one of my all-time favorite ABBA songs is when uh, that cougar is talking to that chick oh, yeah. on the beach. I love that. Yeah, yeah I hated that. Was, again, this could have been a Laurie Frontier movie. That could have been like a whole sex scene right there. It could have been brutal and dark. It, was, it was in musical form. Imagine you're working a bar. You're yeah, on but this why, Greece but why island. You're in context that with with that song. You can't. You're not going to show the scene. I generally love that song, and it freaking ruined it for me. That was an intimacy scene with music. But that's not what the song is about, though. But why would you put it in that scene? For, really, while all music Cougar is about. It's trying that. to get after a dude. I think she's trying to come after him. I think it's it's a share. I hate both of those people. I I hate him with a passion. When when they're introduced, like damn, just I love them. White. Julie Walters is a treasure. And you should put her in a better movie. She's been in a bunch, actually. She's a great actress. Yeah, called Harry Potter, where she should have stayed. Donna's arc is a failing business, a person who regrets their past comes to terms that she shouldn't and finds someone who will love her the way she wants to be loved. Sophie doesn't realize that she doesn't care who her dad is. She just wants to be loved and have a family. And within that, she doesn't need marriage either because that's something that Sky, her fiance, is That's a waste of money right there for a business that's not getting any income at all. All the people that came to the island still had to pay for it. Actually, Donna probably lucked out on that because they all still had to pay to come to that wedding. So she still made the money. Well, let's get into what you want to you talk about the horny factor. Mamma Mia is a horny movie. You're talking about the cougar moment, which just permeates throughout the whole thing. And that little party scene where they look like they all want to have an orgy together. But it's interesting. There's a, there's a type of movie like Mamma Mia where... You can watch this with your parents. Like, I feel like my mom probably loves this movie. Probably my aunt does, too. And you could see it as a kid, and it would go over your head all this stuff about sort of what's, you know, the dot, 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 and, like, the, are you getting any, and the little, like, visual gags and the whole cougar moment. It'll just fly over your head. But rewatching it now, it, it makes sense that older people in your life would love this because it's horny, but it's horny in, like, a winking way where you don't have to feel like, oh. Instead, you're just like, oh, this is... Like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I can watch it with my kid because they don't get it. But we get it as adults. Would you say ABBA is horny music? No, it just makes you feel good and dance. Like a disco sort of dancey music. No, they at all the feel club. happy. Very happy. Yeah. There's a few that are sad. Yeah, that's true. There are. You know, at the club, that's it's the same vibe. It's the same thing you're trying to like showcase. When you're dancing, you're trying to show off. And I think ABBA does that. Or Mamma Mia does that in its context. It's just everyone's just yeah, like, but I they're need using to. it for, they're doing it with ABBA songs, which is not anything related to that. I would also like to do it with ABBA songs. I wouldn't because that's like not cool and uh, 
very, very effed up. I think it's dope. I think it's wrong. Moderator, would you do it up to uh, ABBA songs? Mean half sex? Yeah. I don't know if I was allowed to say that. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Thank you. (laughs) Actually, you know what? Let me me take that back. Let me take that back. I I guess there's one song that I probably would to with ABBA. Chikatita? (laughs) No, not not, not that one. Actually, 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 I just heard that today and it sounded amazing. No, it's not that one. It's... I forgot the name of that song. Is that Gimme, Gimme, Gimme? That one, yes, I would do it too. That's a horny song. I will agree with Daniel on that. That's a very horny song. But it doesn't work in Mamma Mia. Are there any other things in Mamma Mia that specifically make you irate? Oh, yeah, when the whole bunch of dudes just show up out of nowhere. Oh, Mike, that scene's incredible. That scene's weird. We should preface it that it's a song sung between Sophie and Skye. And this whole bunch of dudes just jump out of the water and dancing on this little Board. Yeah, it's like the sirens call. Sophie's crawling on the ground, and it brings in all the boys, and have their yeah. little flippers, hey, bros, and they do their little penguin dance. Let's come out of water and dance it, Abba, bro. They don't talk uh, like that. Whoa, that's, that's how bros are, bros. And they're dancing with their flippers on, bro, and they're singing to the music, bro. And let's just jump on the water, bro, for no apparent reason. Well, Sky dude. has a. British accents. I'm gonna. I bet so a lot of his, friend, a lot of his friends are probably dude, that's, from the that's UK. That's a bro thing. But they do their little choreographed dance and their little penguin thing, and they jump. Oh in yeah, the water. How, how do they get a jet ski that freaking fast? That island of Villa Donna is so magical. You just wish <laughs> it. You can wish it into existence. I love that moment. Again, that moment is weird and disturbing and pointless. But it's not what you want if you're getting married. No, I don't want to get married on that Greek All island. All your best boys came out to party with you. And they had freaking scuba gear, little flippers and snorkels, and they were dancing on the dock. You tell me that would be the best night? I know it wouldn't. Just wait, Edwin. Bachelor party. I'm gonna. We're gonna make your Mamma Mia dreams come true. I'm gonna change your mind about Mamma Mia. In the they future. can't make. You can't make me change my mind about Mamma Mia. I had a hard time trying to find a freaking DVD copy on Amoeba. Only found a sequel. But I found in the new arrivals. The sequel's amazing. And I paid seven nine nine for it. You had a hard time finding Mamma Mia. I have a hard on for Mamma Mia. Can I say that? Technically, I paid $70.99 for it. <laughs> well, there, well, there Wait, you why go. is it $7.99? I don't know. Look at it. Look Amoeba. at the DVD. Maybe it's this like, special art case or something. Oh. It does have a white DVD case. Yeah, it's got this like hatch artwork. Oh, yeah. I forgot the artist that does that little like dot. Okay, the, it's rated PG-13 for some sex-related comments, which is very funny. It should be rated NC-17. So that's your version. I'm just really quickly going to read this. Firstly... Ray Bennett of The Hollywood Reporter says it's irresistible. I agree with you, Ray. Probably got paid to write uh, that. Sophie has just one wish to make her wedding perfect, to have her father walk her down the aisle. But which one is it, though? We don't know now, who. she just has to find out who he is. Join the music, laughter, and fun of the irresistibly charming Mamma Mia, the movie. Oh, is it actually the full title? I didn't realize the movie was part of the title. Academy Award winner, the whole bunch of dots next to it. Meryl Streep leads it all-star cast. Pierce Brosnan, Colin Firth, Amanda Seyfried, Dominic Cooper, and this musical celebration of mothers, daughters, and fathers. And true love's lost and new ones found. Based on the Broadway smash hit and filled with ABBA songs you know and love, it's the feel-good experience that will have you singing and dancing over and over again. I did not do that. There's a deleted scene. The there name is? of the game. I didn't know that. I mean, let me see. So we really haven't watched the movie. This has a sing-along feature, too. Yeah, right? it does. Incredible. I just want to point this out as well. Ir- irresistible, huh? Mm-hmm. More like non-resistible. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I actually watched it on 4K. Blu-ray. Oh, my God. Guess who produced this? Tom Hanks. I was going to get to that. Why? <sighs> to Can you imagine you're, you're, tr- you're trying to make this thing. You, this thing's already going to be good. 
And all of a sudden, Tom Hanks says, I'll produce that for I'll make that happen for you. I'll put my name on that. Because he's getting money off of it. Didn't he EP this? It means he put the money up for it. So beyond, he definitely got paid for it. This movie made so much money. He probably loved the freaking Broadway play. And then... Tom Hanks could see into the future. And we are better for it. I'm going to throw this. Just threw it. Wow. In a white case. To tell you that it's a very white movie. And if you notice, the DVD is mirrored. So when you read it, you see yourself and you reflect on it. <laughs> I also love in a dorky thing, it's shot in 2.4 anamorphic widescreen, which is a really crazy creative decision to make. Like anamorphic lenses for Mamma Mia. I love it. I don't like anything about it. I'm, I'm hard pressed to find anything I agree with you on. Okay, I will agree with one thing. One thing okay. only. The only character I liked was Stalin. Stalin's he's great. He's just chilling. Yeah, yeah he's, he's good. That's the only character I want. One, he doesn't sing that much in the movie, which I really loved. Yeah. And uh, Colin Firth. Me. Handsome dude. Yeah, I will say that he is quite a handsome man. He's quite good. He's quite hilarious. Very British. I'll be honest. There's one major negative thing. I won't get into the specifics of it, but essentially, if you look at Mamma Mia, here we go again, the 2018 sequel, there are some discrepancies between what is set up in this and what is, is shown is in that. Is she dead in that movie? Oh, and this, I'm not going to spoil it for the listeners. They might not have seen it yet. I think she's dead. Well, Meryl Streep doesn't do sequels. That was a wall they ran into, but they have a way that they deal with it. They just offered her more money. Mm, she's not in it. She's credited it, though. She's in the poster. Yeah, well, there's flashbacks. And there may be a... Can I spoil Mommy? Here we go again on this podcast. Yeah, she has a little cameo at the end. Meryl Streep, I, I read an interview because I was trying to figure out why. She doesn't do sequels unless her character being there is monumentally important. And so for an, the ending and the credits, ending shares the grandma in that movie that's important Meryl Streep does come back for one final number that's the only real musical talent in that movie is Cher and she can sing well here we go again actually has a few musical theater stars one of which is Lily James she's Deborah and Baby Driver oh her I didn't like her <laughs> I didn't I didn't like her in that movie at all I, she was just there for me <laughs> I don't know if I can keep doing this. <laughs> any any thoughts from from? Uh, I think my only thought this whole time has been that I want to make Mamma Mia three, but I want it to be a stage musical. So the second one is just a movie, and the yeah. third one is back on stage, but it's actually a Nine Inch Nails jukebox musical. That I would like to see. Like Anna Karenina, the like it's a movie, but it's on a stage, but they're not aware they're on a stage type of thing. No, I want to go to Broadway and put oh, on okay. that jukebox musical, and it's Mamma Mia three. <laughs> the downward I, or what's the, the downward, the spiral? downward spiral or something <laughs> or Mamma Mia 3 her- heresy and uh, that's how I'm gonna get Trent his EGOT would you bring the, the cast back yes uh, why because I want to see Pierce Brosnan sing closer I, I wanted him to sing closer but uh, medleyed with hurt we get a we get a Johnny Cash cameo yeah to be hurt is he dead <laughs> yeah he's dead okay so. you can you hologram uh, it's, him. Yeah, it's 2021 what can't well, we do we'll just uh, we'll yeah we'll resurrect him we looked through all the people who could sing this Johnny Cash song but the only person we could find in history who fit the bill was Johnny Cash it's like that James Dean movie I'd also cast uh, Little Nas X I feel like he has the right energy for Mamma Mia and would make a great addition including to your staged musical I don't know what that is he sings um, Old Town Road when he has a connection through that to Trent because Old Town Road is uh, one of the base samples in that is uh, Nine Inch Nails song oh that's dope I didn't know that they won awards for it actually Reznor and uh, Ross Edwin do you have anything that you've you didn't really talk too much about the economics of the and the, her not paying her. I just feel bad for the people that work there that are not getting paid. Really bad boss, you know. I don't know why they still stay there. They should have just packed up their stuff and got the hell out of there. I think she's still paying them. She just doesn't have any money. Did you not see that sequence where money, that money, the money scene? Like, Classic. like where, where's, where's, that, where's, where's that money? Where's that money? 
how they talk? Well, if it was in Italy, they it would have been like that. But no, they shot this in Greek. Daniel, are you saying that you don't think that employers should pay their their employees a no, living, absolutely living wage? Pay. The implication I thought was that she's paying them; she's just burning money. With what? With, with what? Well, if you remember, they reveal the credit card wallet. Yeah, and she like says no, no, like yeah, because they're probably maxed out from having to try and sustain and pay her staff. That's, Julia Waters' character has a big selling book, so she's got money. Yeah, but you can't always. Did you ask your Friend, you can't always ask your friends for money. They literally offered her. Yeah, but that's it's a pride thing. I I, I would have taken that and then redid the whole joint. And then all of a sudden they own it, and now it's just a little cougar bar. If that would have happened with a good management, people would have got paid. And one of those people got paid in the sequel. So how did you watch it? You watched this movie alone? Yes, I did. I think there's a way you do this, and I think the way involves a glass of wine. Oh, by the way, I watched the movie sober. Yeah. So I didn't take any substance to watch this picture. Genuinely, if you ever feel the need, watch it or the sequel. I would never watch this sequel. Wink, 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 wink. Get mysterious. Because if you approach Mamma Mia and Mamma Here We Go Again as like surrealist fever dreams, the far-reaching implications of what is happening is really incredible. I can't think of a single conversation I've had before now and the people that I made go see Here We Go Again with me about Mamma Mia as a movie. Except we screened it at the drive-in. It did pretty well. A bunch of moms and daughters came to watch that movie. Yeah. And I heard them sing, like, come on. Yeah, it brought them together. It brought family together. It didn't bring me together. You're with Craig. I was talking sh in the car towards the movie. I heard. Craig was filling me in, and I was pretty perturbed, to say the least. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad you were perturbed. I don't know why it made money in the box office. It made so much money. How much money did Under Siege 2 make? Not why, as much as Mamma Mia. Why, why are you bringing Under Siege? <laughs> I'm just trying to think of other movies that are good and the money that they made. I actually just checked and adjusted for inflation. Mamma Mia is the highest grossing movie of all time. Wow. Wow. That's sad. Makes sense, though. And you added to it today. $8 into the Mamma Mia canon. Wikipedia needs to update their article. Well, guess what? I got that money back. And that money went to concessions in the new Beverly Cinema. <laughs> So through Mamma Mia, you've supported independent repertory theater culture. And for that, we thank you, Edwin. Mamma Mia did something good for us all yesterday and today. It's a job creator. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had to stop the movie several times to clear my head. And I had to watch something on my phone. I was actually watching a real ABBA song and then music videos because I wanted to see real people, real singers, real talent singing their songs. I did the same, but it was actually on screen in Mamma Mia, the, the movie. Those weren't talents. Those were non-talents. It kind of, I mean... Mamma Mia is sort of the last Jedi of musicals, if you think about it. Last Jedi was better than this. You gotta press him. This is a debate tactic. You gotta press him into a corner with a yes or no question. Is Mamma Mia better than Last Jedi? Oh, interesting. Is Mamma Mia better than Last Jedi? I mean, my cop-out answer is to say to compare them is, is futile, but... See, you don't let him do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, they, they both have to do with family as well. They're doing different things, but if I had to pick between the two, I would choose Last Jedi. That's they, they, There you go. So Last Jedi is better than Mamma Mia. All jokes aside, Mamma Mia is a weird... To label it as an incredible movie is maybe disingenuous. It is singular in its good factor. It exists on the medium line of good. It knows what it is and therefore elevates itself. But it's also like, from a technical perspective, like not super well made. The choreography is weird. I don't even know if there is it. Sometimes they're just walking around kind exactly. of like touching trees and stuff. And also, where did that stage come from when they're singing Dancing Queen? Well, that happens when you sing in Greece. Where did that disco stage come from? It came out of nowhere. The paid employees. If you look at the next the shot, that stage is not there anymore. Where did the wave rider come from? 
the what? The how do you what are those things called? Skeetus, Wave Racer. I don't. I and also that scene where the bros are climbing that freaking rock. There's like a lot. There's like a stairs, like a pathway. They could have yeah, done they that. They want to climb it. They got to prove how tough they and, are. And they wear masks like COVID. When 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 did it become eyes wide shut? When when where's the orgy part? Where's that scene? I was waiting for that because it got really horny. The crux of this comes down to. We agree on the horny factor yeah, in different yeah, ways. If that part worked for you, then I feel like the movie worked for you. None of it worked for me. But you're talking about the horny stuff, yeah. these things you want to happen. So I feel like that part kind of spoke to you. Yeah, because it could have been much more sexual in the kind of way. I think it was. I think it was very. If they would have gone to a red R rating, I think I would have let this slide. But uh, no, I did not. It, it failed to please me. If you had to compare Mamma Mia to a... A Taco Bell menu item, what would it be? <laughs> I don't ha- I don't I don't get Taco Bell. I think it's a Crunchwrap Supreme. It's got a little bit of everything. It's soft, it's chewy, it's crunchy, it's got the cheese sauce. Daniel. Daniel. And really when you can't decide, I, I, I literally you don't get like everything. Taco Bell. It was an incredible wide ranging discussion by the books. I will give each of you guys a closing statement to make your piece about how you feel about Mamma Mia. The gentleman from California can go first. <sighs> Daniel, I'll say this again. This movie's awful. This movie's trash. None of them could sing. Pierce Brosnan's a waste of talent. Meryl Streep is also a waste of talent. The daughter, I can't even say her name right, is a waste of talent. Everyone in that movie is a waste of talent and a waste of singing talent because none of those people can sing. And I hoped uh, ABBA would never let anyone use their music for garbage like this film instead of Broadway because I'm pretty sure the Broadway must have been better. And, uh... Mamma Mia. And I hope it, it can find a sweet spot in hell as it burns in eternity. Also, they could have done a DNA test, but they didn't because they're too busy singing and not focus on that. If a uh, large frontier, if you're listening, you could totally remake Mamma Mia and make it the most brutally effed up dark film you could possibly make it and probably have a person falling from a building in slow motion and while they're having a sexual intercourse in the next scene. And uh, there you go. Thank you. Ray Bennett of The Hollywood Reporter called Mamma Mia irresistible. Non-resistible. Daniel Ott of Secret Movie Club would call it delightful. Not delightful. There is an interview I read where Colin Firth talked about that Mamma Mia was maybe his favorite thing he's ever worked on. To fight against the joy someone experienced making something that's so special to so many, myself included, would be just silly. It is pure escapism was, I think, the word he used. I saw a review that I agree with that it is... A feminist celebration of women featuring genuinely good, pure, non-toxic men. I think that's really interesting. If you really get down to the nitty-gritty of things, they're all people trying to be better and trying to work out good stuff for their life. Which, joking aside, is like an interesting thing to take for a horny movie musical. I really don't know what to tell you. If you listened to the last however long of me defending this film and you didn't feel something burning in your heart that was like, I need to give Mommy a chance then I just don't think, I don't want to condemn anyone, but I just think that there's something wrong. There's something wrong there. And I respect people's opinions once you've seen the picture. You've seen it, so I respect your opinion, Edwin. It's wrong, but I respect it. I think I'm right. And I'm proud of you, because you had to watch it twice, which really is a win for me. You've now seen this movie twice. On Letterboxd, you have it twice. Twice this year, right? Yes. So that means there's a chance that on your year in review, the most movies watched that year when it says like most rewatches, Mamma Mia could be on there. No. We should do a follow-up episode, Mamma Mia, one more time. 
We'll do it. Here we go again. But we'll have to watch both movies. We should get somebody who doesn't like the movie, but from the other side, where they're like a big devotee of the stage musical. Yeah. And so they hate the adaptation. <laughs> and then someone who hasn't seen it that just has to like piece together what we're saying. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> again, critics call it irresistible, and I agree. <laughs> they, they got paid to write that. The word is out. It's probably a lie. <laughs> also, executive produced by two members of ABBA. What about the? What happened to the other two? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. <laughs> they were hung. They're Swedish, so you know. You know what? <laughs> but that... So there you go. Who won? Secret movie clubbers. It's up to you. Maybe it's not even about winning. Maybe we need to blow up that frame. But we did call this defend this movie. Did Daniel Ott successfully defend Mamma Mia? Or uh, were you persuaded by Edwin Gomez's prosecutorial fire and brimstone? Let us know, because you can always write us at community at secretmovieclub.com, and you can check out everything we do at secretmovieclub.com. As we said at the head of the show this Friday, you can join us at the Fine Arts Theater in Beverly Hills, where we're going to be conducting a Q&A with the filmmakers of a new feature film, Whelm, W-H-E-L-M, which they shot on 35mm. It is a poetic gangster film in the vein of Terrence Malick. You can see the trailer. You can get tickets for this debut on Fandango. And then Saturday at 11 a.m. at the Million Dollar, we're going to be doing Bernardo Bertolucci's Conformist. And then Saturday night at the Secret Movie Club Theater at 8 p.m., we continue Krzysztof Kieslowski's Three Colors trilogy with Three Colors White, my personal favorite of the three. Thank you very much. As always, this episode was edited by our chief creative content officer, Connor Lloyd Cruz. Next week, the gang is back for a regular podcast. We are going to be doing Secret Movie Club Podcast 69. And yes, you guessed it. We are going to be talking about erotic movies. Uh, we'll see how uncomfortable everybody is or how comfortable everybody is talking about it. But sex and film is one of those things that I'm not sure even to this day, even after 120 plus years of filmmaking, specifically American cinema, it's probably not an issue at all for European cinema, but, uh, and you can get tickets for everything we do at Eventbrite Secret Movie Club. All right, guys, thank you. Have a great week. Uh, we will see you soon. Watch great movies. 